Well, hey, my name's Jeff Baker. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here. I want to welcome everybody that's at our Kearney campus, okay? I want to welcome everybody that's at our North Platte campus, our Ogallala campus, and everybody that's online with us. We're one church in multiple locations today as we get ready to kick off a brand new teaching series called Breakthrough. But today is back to school Sunday. I'm making it known. It's back to school. Come on, people. Man, I'll tell you right now, if you're a mom or a dad and your kids are going back to school, you should be totally excited about that, especially if they're elementary age. Okay. All right. All right. I'm way beyond that. I'm way beyond that age, but I still feel that on the inside. Now at this stage of life, when you don't have kids at home anymore, and now you're, you're around your grandchildren as well, now when it's back to school Sunday, here's all it says to me at 53 years old. Jeff, you're just getting older. That's all it says to me. Um, I know it says something else to some of you, right? But to me, it's just like, holy cow, where did the year go, right? Where, what is going on here? One thing I know about life is this. Everybody needs a breakthrough. Our church is called New Life Church. To have new life means you have to have a breakthrough. You have to go from one place to another place. And in our lives, all of us are looking for a breakthrough. We might be looking for a breakthrough um, relationally, like in a marriage. Like, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if we had a breakthrough and we had better communication? Wouldn't it be awesome if we had a, a, a breakthrough and, you know, we, we were closer together? Um, some of you are looking for a breakthrough um, even in your, um, your occupation. Many of you are looking for a breakthrough spiritually. You might be looking for a breakthrough in the sense of like, I want to break through this, um, this lack of faith, this question that I have about God. I want to break through and I want to land the plane. I want to solidify it. I want to say, this is who God is. Some of you need a breakthrough spiritually because you're dealing with addiction and you're wanting to have breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough because sin has captured your heart and you're just wanting to figure out how to get that sin nature broke in you so that you can have new life. You can have the breakthrough. Some of you feel stuck. You feel stuck in life. You feel stagnant in life. And you need a breakthrough. Some of you feel defeated. And you just feel like, man, life's crushing in on me. And I, I, don't, I just don't know, like, how am I going to get through this? And you need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough of knowing Jesus, the power of Christ in your life. You need a breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough because you remember what it was like to be on fire for God and you want to get back to that place again, but you just don't know how to get there because it was happening in your teen years and in your young adult years. And there was this fire, this, you know, this revival of, of Jesus happening in your life. And now you're in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s and you're wondering, how do I get that back? I need a breakthrough. Some of you just feel overwhelmed and you need a breakthrough. Some of you, you're sitting here today and you're thinking about the future, and the future seems bleak because of what you read in the news and what you feel like you see happening on the planet and what you see happening economically in our country or whatever you think you see and some of you are just seeming like the, the future seems bleak and you need a breakthrough. I think I would venture to say that if I had a chance to have coffee with every single one of you at all of our campuses, and I could sit down one-on-one on one, one on one with you, where we could be a little more vulnerable with each other, that you would be able to define the area of breakthrough that you're searching for. 
It might be embarrassing. And you may, you may not want to say it out loud. And at the, at the coffee shop, you know, the gossip center of society, you, you might lean in closely because you realize that people are listening three tables over to our conversation. It's the coffee shop. It's life. You might lean in and you might say it to me, you know, very quietly because you're embarrassed about it. But in the, in the end, all of us would say, I need a breakthrough. That's what this series is all about. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to lay out for you something I felt like the Lord put on my heart for this church back in November of last year to, to speak to us at this very season, at this very moment. This Sunday has been planned since November. This back to school Sunday has been planned. This message has been the message that we felt like the Lord put on our hearts for you at this very moment, for this very Sunday, you're not here by accident. None of you are here by accident. God has a purpose and a plan. He has a destiny for you. And today has been ordained by God. Today is a day where breakthrough starts to happen. Amen? And so this is where it starts. It all starts with this one question. Who are you? That's where breakthrough starts. Breakthrough starts when you can answer the question, who are you? Now remember, I told you I was preparing this and planning for this since last November. But this, this summer, I was sitting in St. Louis, Missouri, um, after speaking at a church there that Sunday morning. And I'm sitting at a restaurant, and across from me is this elderly pastor, a retired pastor who had flown up from uh, Florida for this weekend event, this family first event that I was speaking at. And he, he's an old time friend of mine. And we're there and we're, we're chit chatting with one another. And he says to me, remember, he's this ordained bishop that is like uh, just very wise in his years and has a lot of experience. And we're talking, and he, he's not one of those kind of guys that wants to talk about the sports, if you can put it, if we can just put it that way. He's not one of those kind of guys that's going to be content just talking about the weather. He's not even one of those kind of guys that's going to be content with me just telling him about my family. At a certain moment, he's going to dive deep, and he dove deep, and he dove deep quick. And me, in my 53 years on this earth, and thinking that I have got a little bit of wisdom that's coming because there are some gray hairs on me, I got, I got duped. I got, like slammed. I, I got taken back to grade school in this moment. When he looked across the table at me and he said, Jeff, I'm, I'm writing another book. And he's written many books. I'm writing another book and I want to ask you a question. I said, okay, all right, I'm game for it. I mean, I don't know what I can offer to you for your book. You see how instant, you see how he set me up? Like, I'm writing a book and Jeff, I want to ask you a question about that book. I'm thinking to myself like, wow, I'm going to add value to his book. But that's not the way it was going at all. <laughs> he knew right where he had me. And he turns around and he says to me, Jeff, let me ask you this question. Who is Jeff Baker? And I sat there like you. Who is Jeff Baker? And before I tell you what I started to say, I just want to say to you, who, who are you? If you were in that seat and you were asked, who are you, what would you start to say? Because I'm going to tell you right now that um, when, I, when that moment happened, I started to feel the heat. 
sweat started to happen under the armpits, right? I started to get a little squirmy, and I started to answer him. And I started to answer him. I started to say, like, well, I'm, I'm you know, Jeff Baker. I, I was born here. I did. He goes, no, 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 no. No, that, that's not who you are. I go, okay, okay. Well, give, give me another shot. Give me another shot at this. And I took another run at it. And he goes, no, no, no. Now, that's not who you are either. And I go, oh, okay, all right, my bad. And then I went for the answer, which we're going to talk about that today. But if I were to ask you today, who are you? You might give me answers like this. Well, hey, look, my family comes from uh, England and Native America. Right? That's, that's the heritage. That's our background. My grandfather, he fought in World War II as a paratrooper, and he jumped on D-Day. My, my father, he served in the, in the U.S. Air Force during the Vietnam War. I served in the Air Force during Desert Shield and Desert Storm. My son, he served in the United States Army and served a year in Afghanistan and a year in Iraq. We are a people that we put faith family, and country. That, that's who we are. That's who we are. And you might give an answer like that. Or you might say, well, I'm 53 years old. I got four children. I've got, you know, some grandchildren. I'm the lead pastor of New Life Church, and I like to fly airplanes. That's who I am. And although all of those things are part of your life, none of them tell us who you really are. None of them do. None of those answers are really who you are. There are things about you, but they're not who you are. See, that's where the conflict happened at that table. The conflict happened at that table because I was trying to describe some parts of my life, but it wasn't really who I am. And you might, it might seem to you like this is semantics, but I'm telling you it's more than semantics. This is the bedrock for breakthrough. If you want breakthrough in your life, you first have to know who you are. And in this world that we live, this world has some crazy ideas of who you are. I remember back when I was in the Air Force, I was in tech school, and, you know, we had to, we were in kind of dormitory, and so I got a, I'm sharing a room with this other gentleman, and one night, we're just kind of talking, and then he says, you know what, you know who I think we are? And I go, no, man, what, what, what do you think? Who do you think we are? He goes, I, I think we're just one big experiment from some aliens on another planet that came here to this earth, and they found it to be inhabitable, and they started life called humanity, and one day they're going to come back, and they're going to purge this earth of all of its imperfections. And I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> uh. This is some of the ideas that people have of who we are. Other people think that you're just from some primordial soup, that goop that was there, that some cells developed, and then billions and trillions of cells developed, and then here you are, flesh and bone and brain and tissue that you're walking around. In our sexuality culture that we live in right now, in 2023, is basically whoever you think you are, then you are doesn't matter what you were born as. You can be born as any sex and you can identify as anything you want. You can identify as being transsexual, uh, homosexual, bisexual, or heterosexual. It's up to you. You do whatever you want. That's the culture in which we live in right now. And if you were to ask somebody, who are you, they might define themselves even based on our, our, our sexuality culture. But we know this without a shadow of a doubt in Christianity based on God's word that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 starting to define who I am, 
So God created human beings in his what image? In his own image. And in the image of God, he created them. Both male and female, he created them. Guys, you just need to know something based on God's word that we are created by God. Right? And we're created in God's image And the way that God formed us in the womb was perfect. And the way that we came out of the womb was was perfect in God's image. That's a part of who you are. That's starting now to define who you are. But if you listen to the voice of the world, you'll never know who you are. Because the voice of the world is is like, it's it's confused. It's got all of these, these... like unbiblical mindsets of trying to define who you are based on, based on wealth and status and, you know, education and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. We get confused with who we are, especially when it comes to things like skin color, economic status, and even what country you come from. But here's what I find interesting about those three landmine incidents is that none of those matter to God. Do you realize that when God looks down from heaven upon you and me, that he doesn't see our skin color? Do you realize that when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't go, oh, black, white, brown. That God doesn't look down from heaven and go, oh, rich, poor, middle class. God doesn't look down from heaven and go, oh, United States, Mexico, Canada. Do you realize that God doesn't see those same borders that we see? God doesn't see those same dividing factors that we see. And so what happens? Those are our uniquenesses. These are the things that make us unique, and those are the very things that the enemy likes to exploit, to try to divide us and push us away from one another. And the real reason for that is because we get confused with what I have with who I am. We get confused. We we confuse what I have with who I am. And what you have isn't who you are. It's never been that way. What you have, what skin color you have is not who you are. What, what education status you have is not who you are. What economic status you have is not who you are. What country you come from is not who you are. They're, again, just parts of your story, but they're not who you are. And we confuse what I have with who I am all the time. Another thing we do is this. We confuse who I am with where I am. That's another trap. Confusing who you are with where you are. Such as this. Like, well, I'm from Nebraska. I'm just a redneck from Nebraska. You got to say it with a little deeper kind of like, um, no, I'm just joking around. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Or it could be like this. I'm just, I'm a dude that lives in the city. And you're now defined by geographically where you live. That's not who you are. What part of town you live in. Do you live in the rich part of town or the poor part of town? Again, that doesn't, that's not who you are. What your job is. What school you attend or you attended. What degree you have or what degree you're working on. None of those things are who you are. So we can't confuse who I am with where I am either. And by the way, God knows where you are. He knows where you are. God has not lost track of any of you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows where you are in life. He knows what you're doing in life. God knows where you are. But these things are not benefits or restrictions 
to who you are. So, the obvious question then is this. If you want to know who you are, then you have to go back to God and God's word. Because we only really truly find out who we are from God's word. And until you know who God says that you are, then you'll never experience spiritual breakthrough. It's only when you start to discover who you are in Christ that now you've laid the foundation for spiritual breakthrough to start to happen. And until that moment, you're stuck. You're stuck right where you are. So one of the things that we've got to do if we want to see breakthrough in our lives is we've got to break off of ourselves everything that the world says that we are, all the pressures that the world say that you are, and you've got to lay those things aside you got to let those things burn in a sense, okay, because that's not your identity, and we have to find out who we are in Christ. So let me do that for the remainder of our time together. Who are you? Well, first off, God said something about who you are or who you were when you didn't have Jesus in your life. Let me, let me just show you what I mean by that. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says this. Listen to who it says that you are. Once... You were dead because your, because your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desire and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. At one point... Every single one of us in this room, we're at this stage. This is who we were. We were disobedient in our sin. We were, uh, we, had, we were absent from the joy and the love and the power and the presence of Jesus in our lives. We were satisfying our sinful nature instead of the nature of a Christ-centered nature in our lives. This is who all of us, all of us, at one point or another, this is who we were. Some of you are still there right now, and I want you to know today, it's okay. It's all right. I'm glad that you're here today because this is a church of breakthrough. You too can experience new life if you stay on the course of discovering who Jesus is. So this is who we were, but good news is this, God didn't leave us there. Look at the very next verses in verse 4 and 5. It says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, that's who we were, he gave us life when he raised, us from, raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. This again starts to draw the picture of who you are. You are a person, a human being that has been delivered and set free only by God's grace and God's grace alone. Not by your goodness, not by how much money you've given to God through the church, not by how many acts of kindness that you have done, but by one thing and one thing only, by the grace and the mercy and the love of the Father, you and I were set free when Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross and he rose again from the grave. That's who you are. You are a person saved by grace. Amen? That's who you are. Right Now, now that you, so for those of you who know Christ, now that you know Christ, who are you? Well, John, John uh, 1, 12, it says this about who you are now with Christ. It says, to all who believed him 
and accepted him, being Jesus, okay, he gave the right to become children of God. So when the pastor looked at me across the table and he said, who is Jeff Baker? You know the answer he was looking for? I'm a child of God. But if I sat down with you at Starbucks or another coffee shop and I asked you, who are you? Many of you, most of you would never start there. That was the premise of his problem that he was writing the book about, is that many of us find our identity other places And so out of our mouth comes those things, although hidden in our hearts is the truth. And God's word wants the truth to come out and be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. The next time someone asks you, who are you? The very first thing you should say is this, I am a person saved by grace. I am a child of God. See, once you start to know that and you're confident with that, now spiritual breakthrough can start happening in your life. But that's not where it ends. John 15, 15 says this. I no longer, Jesus said it, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You're saved by grace. You're a child of God and you are a friend of Jesus. Like, I don't know, have you ever been around somebody who likes to drop names? You know what I mean by that? Like they know somebody that's got some authority or some power or that is famous and they like to say, they like to tell you how much they really know them. When really the other person probably doesn't have a clue who they are, but they like to drop those names because it makes them feel powerful. Okay, well here's a name you can drop and you can drop it anywhere you want because Jesus is the one who said it first. He says, you're my friend. If you want to drop a name somewhere, you go, hey, you know who I know? I know Jesus. You want to know who my friend is? My friend is Jesus. And you know what? Jesus would stand there and he would have your back and you'd be like, yep, that's right. I mean, I don't know a better name to drop. You can drop all kinds of other names. You can drop names of people that are in the movie industry. You can drop names of people that are political industry. You can drop names of people that are executives. You can drop all kinds of names, but there's no name that trumps the name of Jesus. Right? That's who you are. You are a friend of Jesus. Come on, turn to three people really quick and look them in the eye and say, you're a friend of Jesus. Come on, they need to know that. People need to know. People need to know. Are you starting to discover a little bit of who you are? Are you you catching my drift? It's not just your lineage. It's not just your education. It's not where you grew up. That's not who you are. This is who you are. You are saved by grace, a child of God, a friend of Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 2, because you thought it was over. We're not done. (laughs) Romans chapter 8, verse 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You are saved by grace, a child of God, a friend of Jesus, and you are free, my friends, from the sins of your past. Freed. You are freed. And you can walk in that freedom because that's who you are. That's good news. Now look, this sermon could actually go on for hours about what the Bible says of who you are. And some of you are Bible scholars and you're going, you didn't even mention these other scriptures. 
Praise God that there is more evidence in God's word than what I just gave you. That's what I would say to that answer, right? And to everyone else that, that goes, hey, look, we've got things to do today. They would say, thank you for letting me discover those in God's word by myself. <laughs> but God's word goes on to say this about you in 2 Timothy 1.7. Listen to what God says about you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You are more powerful than you think. You have a greater capacity to love than you think. And you have a greater determination to be self-disciplined, meaning to say no to sin and to say yes to Jesus than you think. Why? Because God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but God gave you power through the Holy Spirit. God gave you the ability to love through his spirit. God is the one who gives you the power to say no to the things we say no to and say yes to the things we're supposed to say yes to. You didn't get that on your own. It is a gift by God because you've been saved by grace, a child of God, a friend of Jesus who is walking in freedom and is full of the power of the Holy Spirit as you submit your life to Jesus Christ. That's who you are. That's who you are. And once you start to believe, confidently believe who you are, now breakthrough can happen in your life. I've seen this kind of spiritual breakthrough in my life over and over and over again. I remember when I got severely wounded in here and in here by a spiritual leader called a pastor. Yep. (laughs) I wish that all pastors, including myself, were perfect, but we are not. We're just human beings. And I got severely wounded, and the words that he said, the actions that he took towards me, It's like they landed here, and they landed here, and it started to define who I am. And it took about a year's worth of time of process and prayer to eradicate that completely, to actually get to that whole root and pull that out. And during that time, during that year, it was a time of prayer. It was a time of surrender. It was a time of seeking God. There There was a unlearning and an unwiring of what man said about me to get back to what God said about me. I know that journey, my friends. Some of these journeys of of breakthrough are not easy. I'm not talking about breakthrough that's quick and easy all the time. It's just snapping your fingers and everything transforms and you're headed this direction and now you're headed that direction. I'm telling you, sometimes God's breakthrough takes time and it requires diligence. And if you don't, if you're not discovering who you are, you're not going to finish. Knowing who you are transforms you. And in that process, in that process, God was removing what man said I was, and he was instilling who he says I am. I remember back as a, like a college-age, young adult kind of a student, and just wanting my life to shine a little brighter than others. And as I would tell a story about myself, I would exaggerate the details to make my life look bigger than what it actually was. I remember the day that I kind of came to my senses and I said, what do I, what do I, why do I do that? And what was happening was I, started, I was starting to develop my spiritual journey at that time. 
early on in my spiritual journey. And I was starting to learn who I am in Christ. And as I learned who I am in Christ, I no longer had to exaggerate the story to make my life look bigger than what it really was. Because my security and my identity was starting to be found in Christ. That's spiritual breakthrough as you start to learn who you are. There was a time in my life when alcohol and partying was my go-to. It was before following Jesus. But when I surrendered my life to Christ and I started to learn that Jesus, you saved me by grace, I'm a child of God, I'm a friend of Jesus, guess what drifted away in my life? The desire for the alcohol and the desire for the party life. It's, it, it's drifted away. Why? Because I was replacing all of that with who I am in Christ. Church, I'm just going to say to you today, if you want spiritual breakthrough in your life, phase one, step one, and the rest of these steps, they'll be given to you throughout this series, so you don't want to miss any of them. But it all starts with who you are and who you are in Christ. So what breakthrough do you need today? What freedom do you need in your life? What new life do you need? Because it starts with first inviting the Holy Spirit to come in and rewire the way you see yourself. It starts by coming, coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I want to believe this. Help me in my unbelief of this, though. Like, I don't believe some of these things right now, but I want to believe them. Would you help me get there? It starts there, church. It starts by simply saying, God, I open my heart and my mind up to you. And it's just like, it's just like encouraging yourself with these words. I am saved by grace. I am a child of God. I am a friend of Jesus. I have the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in freedom. It starts right there. So why don't you stand with me and let's pray. And as we pray at all of our campuses, I just want you to start this prayer by repeating after me. I am saved by grace. I am a child of God. I am a friend of Jesus. I have the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life of freedom. Now, Father, I pray over this church and I ask you to, to, that you would let that, those words soak deep into their hearts. They wouldn't just be words that were spoken out of their mouth, but they would be reminded, this is who I am. All these other things about my life, they're all good details. And they all matter. My lineage, it matters. Yes, what my family did, it matters. All of those things, what I'm doing now, it all matters. It's significant. But it's not important when it comes to who I am. Who I am is defined by you, Lord, and you alone. Let this church be reminded of that and let this be the origin, the beginning, the foundation of spiritual breakthrough in their life. And everybody said, amen. amen.